0: Hi, I'm Debbie from Property Apprentice. Welcome to today's podcast. Today's subject is how new investors can get into the post-COVID-19 property market. Today's snippet is based on an article that we wrote for the New Zealand Property Investors magazine. Current property market conditions are becoming more and more attractive for aspiring home buyers and investors alike. And as property investment coaches and registered financial advisors, we can see the importance of combining this motivation with knowledge and a plan in order to avoid making a huge financial mistake that could actually prevent you from reaching your long-term goals. So before you dive headfirst into property investing, you need to take an honest look at your current financial position. What's your income level? How much deposit or equity do you have available? What level of risk do you feel comfortable with? What do you want to achieve from property investing? All of those things are really important. And it's also really important to speak to an independent mortgage advisor early on in your investment journey so that you can find out how much money you can borrow based on your provable income. When it comes to getting your deposit together, we've witnessed over the last decade as coaches that it's the desire to own property, which is often more important than the amount of money that you can earn. And it's literally a case of where there's a will, there's a way, and of course, where there's a will, there's a way, generally comes with a good plan in place as well. So if you don't have available equity, you need to plan for how you're going to raise that deposit, whether you are going to make some short-term sacrifices in order to achieve your long-term goal or whether you can look at alternatives, for example, borrowing equity from the bank of mum and dad. So people on higher incomes often overlook splurges and end up saving less for deposits While people on lower incomes often have a much more disciplined approach to budgeting while they're saving for a deposit, wherever you stand on that income scale, you might need to make some short-term sacrifices in order to achieve those long-term goals. Now, you've got to seize opportunities when they come up as well. So, for example, if you've owned your own home for a number of years, you might already have enough available equity to fund a deposit on a rental property, so you don't have to worry about saving a house deposit. You will, however, have to have enough provable income to enable you to service a mortgage on a rental property in addition to your current expenses, for example, if you've got a mortgage on your own home. So this is where it's important to understand your borrowing capacity and how your long-term goals fit with that. If you haven't purchased a home before, like I said before, but you have managed to save a deposit, or if you've had help from the banker mum and dad, you might actually be better off purchasing a rental property as your first step. You know, So it's only if you're looking at using KiwiSaver to fund the deposit that you're limited to purchasing a home. If you've got cash saved or you've got equity from the banker mum and dad, it might be worthwhile considering whether or not you should stay renting and purchase a rental property elsewhere as your first foot onto the property ladder. And the reality is that rent in many parts of New Zealand is a lot cheaper than owning property in the same area, so yeah, it, it, it's just part of life in New Zealand at the moment. So as I said, it might make more sense for you to stay renting and buy rental properties elsewhere. Purchase prices can vary greatly over the country as well. So if purchase prices where you live are unaffordable for you, then it is worthwhile looking at other areas that might have lower price points. So I would highly recommend that. If you're considering investing outside of the area that you live in, don't invest in small town New Zealand where the population might be shrinking. Okay, so if you're looking at really small towns because they're cheaper values of properties, make sure that you understand the fundamentals of investing because a small town with a small population, and especially if that population is shrinking, does not make for a good long term investment. I don't care how good the cash flow looks today, 10 years from now, that property is probably not going to have increased in value and might have actually decreased in value. Okay, so once you've got your deposit together, it's really important that you pay attention to your spending habits for at least three months before you apply for a mortgage, because the banks will focus on what you've been spending your money on in the last three months. So again, get the help of a really good mortgage advisor who can uh, help you prepare your, yourself and your finances for your loan application. Uh, They'll be able to identify things that you need to tidy up and help you stay on track for applying for your mortgage. So how much do you actually want it? You know, we've found from working with clients with a wide range of incomes is that people, even on minimum wage, can end up with at least as much success, if not more than clients on much higher incomes. And regardless of your financial position, it's important that you do have a good plan in place and that you're motivated and determined to succeed so that you're able to stick to your guns and achieve your long-term goals. Property investment is not a swimming pool that you should just dive into. It's not the same as buying a home. The more you learn, the lower your risk, okay? And the more successful you're likely to be as well. So we've got a whole bunch of free resources available on our website, propertyapprentice.co.nz, uh, including live training sessions, which are available online or in the at Green Lane. So yeah. Feel free to check us out and we'll look forward to hearing from you if you need help on a one-on-one basis. Thanks for listening.